God is good. Amen. He is so good. And um, I said this, and I'll say it again. If you don't have a revelation of his grace and his mercy, ask him. Ask him to show you. Ask God. You don't need me to tell you. You don't need a, me to show you in the scripture. He said, if you seek, you will find. If you ask, it will be given. Now, that's not name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, where you can just start throwing things out. But say, God, show me your grace. Show me your mercy. I want to understand this. I hear what's being said, but I don't, I don't understand it. Say, God, show it to me. Because you know what? There's no revelation greater than your own revelation. But you know what's awesome about this too? I'm sorry not to speak. Jump in. But this is what I love is, no, we don't have music. We don't have a bunch of microphones and people singing and praising. And that's okay. But you can sing something that may not have all the extras. Because you know what? You're not always through your life going to have a Sunday morning where you have people that are always with you. When this, when this shuts down, you go back to your life. And you know, what happens on a Tuesday when you come out of a doctor's office and you've got bad news and you're sitting in your car and there's no, there's no body around you. There's no group around you. There's no, no keyboard, worship no team. Drums. There's no keyboard. Yeah. This is what I love is the Lord showed me is because this is extremely humbling to come on here. When we have people, we do, we have people that can play beautifully, that can sing beautifully. And we could, first of all, not be doing it in this, in our home but what I love about this is this is God showing me that this is this is what he does. It's not always pretty. It may not always sound good, but the end, his presence, his Amen. presence. Amen. And when you're sitting in your car, when you've gotten Amen. bad news and you're walking out of your doctor's office, and if you're always so used to having this big support group and it's you, you're not always going to have that. And so when you're sitting in your car and you're getting ready to turn your key in the ignition, and you just stop and say, Lord, I need you. I don't know what to do with this information. I don't know what to do with this bad news. I don't know what to do. And in that moment of you being in your car on a Tuesday afternoon, his presence can just completely envelop you right where you are. And that's what, that's what this is all about, is about showing how real he is, that you may not always have the extra stuff, but even... Ultimately, if you have a relationship with God, if you rely on him and seek him, he can be right there with you if you're in your car, if you're out running errands while you're listening to this, if you're at home just in your bedroom, or if you're in your living room with family around you, his presence can show up no matter no matter what. And so that's one thing I love about this, and trust me, I would much rather <laughs> be in a church building <laughs> with a wonderful sound crew and keyboards and the best of people playing Absolutely. and other people singing but the lord just shows us that no matter what you have and i will say about jesus it's not always popular it's not always pretty it's not always what we as human beings would call the best but ultimately is his presence there yeah and so i wasn't trying to take over but i don't know just to encourage someone right now whatever you might be facing and during this time this is you know, this is challenging for a lot of people, whether you've lost your job or whether you've gotten bad news or just dealing with COVID of the frustration of having to wear a mask everywhere you go. And just stay encouraged is Jesus. I'm sorry. I was, I was not planning on doing any of this, but I, the scripture came to me and I'm just going to read it for whoever it's for. But the Lord so kindly reminded me today 
of David said in Psalms 37, I am, I have been young and now I'm old. Mm -hmm. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Mm. And that came to me this morning because there's a lot of us that are in a relationship with Jesus. And it feels like we might, we feel like we're begging for bread. We feel like, okay, God, you know, why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you allowing that? Why, why are you allowing this? Why? And you know what? I have been young and now I'm old. David said this, a guy who has seen every side of God, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, hmm. nor his seed begging bread. And I just want to tell someone out there this morning, he is faithful. Amen. Amen. He is faithful. He is good. He's not faithful and he's not good based on our circumstances. What we go through, because it mm. says, we're going, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, mm. for I have overcome the world. So as long as we're connected to him, no matter where we are, no matter what we, what we may face, because it's not always going to be on a Sunday morning. It's very easy to shout and dance and run and woohoo on a Sunday morning. But where is that on a Wednesday evening at 930 at night when your life is falling apart, when you have a child calling you that their life is falling apart, when you have a bill that comes due that you don't have money in the bank for, when your car all of a sudden just quits on you and you don't have multiple thousands of dollars to get a new one or to replace it. Where is this? It's in a God that you can say in that moment, Jesus, I don't have the answers, but I know that I am your child. I'm connected to you, and I know that you are faithful. I know you are good. And so I just wanted to encourage someone. I had no idea of saying any of this. I was planning on just being sweet and quiet and just singing, but I felt like someone had to hear that this morning. So just to encourage you, that he's God, he is faithful, and he is good. Just trust him and believe. Well, you're, we're in it now, so I might as well just keep for a moment, because you made a very powerful point i think this is something that if you're new here with us today um maybe we should have a ride at home sunday morning edition this is what sort of what it is um <laughs> but someone's like i know someone's like wait a minute this what is going on here uh but this is the reality of it and it's something that we've if you know us at all or you know a little bit about us or if you've been a part of antioch west even pre-covid uh back in the good old days months ago when we used to be able to come together and hug um, <laughs> but if you notice, know anything about my wife and I and how we, how we walk with Jesus, but also how we try to lead as, as the pastors of, of this body, um, uh, that one thing we tried to do, what we, what we try to convey is the reality of Jesus Christ, just the realness of it, um, in everything we do and all the way down to this, the way we, way, the way we I mean, we we pray about, we seek God, how we come on here and dress on Sunday mornings. I'm just going to be flat out with you today. I'm wearing a lumberjack shirt today. Uh, but when I went in my closet, I feel like a lumberjack. Uh, I just cut, chopped down a few trees this morning, a little workout before I started today. No, I just, but but the reality is, if I, is, is in everything I do, I want to, want to reflect the reality of Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm not, I'm not against... Sundays. Sundays are awesome. Sundays are a great time because usually we don't have work 
and we can kind of focus on, you know, God. We can focus without some of the other distractions. Um, and I'm not diminishing Sunday. Obviously, we're here Sunday morning. You're here Sunday morning. Um, and so we're not diminishing the power of Sunday. But the, the danger in Sunday is that we are creatures of habit and we are creatures of, of, of um, sort of trying to find that normalcy, the pattern of life. And, and you made the statement, I think it's extremely powerful for all of us to be reminded of and also all of us to make sure that we don't lose sight of. And that is simply this, is that life happens seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It would be great if we could encapsulate life into the 52 Sundays of a year. It'd be great if we could do that, but unfortunately we can't. Because why? Because life happens every day. Life takes place every day. And the danger sometimes, if we allow ourselves, and it's natural, and it's sort of just something that happens without us even thinking about it, if we're not careful, we can slip into that mentality that Sunday's God's day, right? This is Sunday. I got to get up Sunday. I got to go listen to the lumberjack talk again this morning. Uh, but the bottom line is this. Life is going to be real, as real tomorrow as it is today. And if you and you don't learn how to connect with him without all of this, then to be frank with you, I'm going to say one statement of encouragement and one statement of challenge. Number one, you're going to, if you, if you need, if you have to have all of this to have this, it's, you're going to experience a life of very big ups and downs. But also, I'm going to say this very strongly. I'm not sure you're going to make it. I mean, that may be too strong. But I'm not sure you're going to make it because we've talked about this before. I don't know why we're here this morning. We had no intent of doing this. Honestly, we're going to get on and get off. And uh, But the Lord has now taken over. So that's the best part about it. But the reality of is this, is that the Bible is very clear that there's coming a day uh, and we all believe it's sooner than later. There's coming a day where... This world is going to come crashing down around us. Um, that the you know we call it the end times, right? You've heard that term, the end times. We're getting towards the end times, the end of days. Well, if you go back and you read the Bible, and you look at that end of days, it's not a trajectory of triumph. It's a trajectory of destruction, of sin abounding, and craziness, and you know. As the Bible says, roars and rumors of wars and pestilence and earthquakes and craziness. And I said this a couple weeks ago. If if I'd have told you in the middle of January, guess what? We'd be doing this on Sunday morning. I mean, I've I've been I've been in church my entire life, almost forty years. I sometimes sit down here on Sunday morning. I'm sort of having a surreal moment right now. It's Sunday morning, and we're sitting here doing this, and it's kind of like, what is happening? But the reality of it is this. This is the, this is, this is, we're living in a more biblical time than we were five months ago from this standpoint. This is really learning how to walk with Him and connect with Him. Not that be, not, not that a church is, 
being a part of a church is wrong. Not that coming together and worshiping together and being collective in a body and corporate worship and all these amazing things we get to experience are wrong. Hey, we're going to, you know. We miss that. We do. We miss it. And one day in Jesus' name, we're going to get back to that. It may be in a giant field six feet apart, but one day we're going to get back to that, Lord willing. However, I read my Bible and I also read the state of this world and know that across this world, there are nations experiencing great revival that are doing this. Maybe not broadcasting live, but they're doing they're broken into small groups in China and Iran. There's huge populations of Christians that are growing in great numbers and God's doing amazing things and they can't even meet publicly because it's illegal. So the point I'm trying to make, and I guess my and you're not trying to uh piggyback here, but I felt really strongly when my wife said what she says, is that for some of you the reality of all this is God stripped all of these things away that sort of um, keep us thinking in one direction. And the bottom line is this, is that God should be, I'm going to say should, because I don't think this is the case with all of us, but, but God should be just as real on Wednesday as he is on Sunday. Absolutely. You should be able to feel just as much God on Friday as you do right now. Absolutely. Because ultimately, he wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with you, where you are, with you as an individual. Not because, well, I, I go to this church or I listen to this preacher or I get to go listen to, the, you know, I get to be a part of this music and oh, be a part of this experience and you know, you know this this church really provides what I need because it's got all this extra stuff. But what happens when all that stuff's stripped away and you're left with just you and him? It's kind of like a relationship that I, if our marriage was simply built on uh, always having to have inter, you know experiences and entertainment to provide. So when the room was empty and there was nothing there, that we'd be like, well, what do we do now? There's nothing. Well, that's not really a relationship. Sometimes the greatest part about a, a true relationship is when you can strip that all away and it can just be you and I in a room together by ourselves, just in quiet. Uh, my kids, they're watching today. Hi, guys. Um, but they they like to watch YouTube and um, supervised. Okay. I know some of you are like, do you know there's stuff? I get it. We are aware, very aware of that. We don't have our head buried in the sand. We get it. Okay. Thank you for your parenting advice. But they like to go on YouTube and you got these families on YouTube that literally record and challenge. It's everything in their life is sort of recorded. And you got, I don't want to name some of them, um, but you know, they do every day is like this. They were going to do it, this challenge and that challenge. And it's like everything, life is filled with thrills. Well, being kids and being impressionable like they are, we notice that they are watching some of this. And all we ever heard from them is how boring, like, well, we're not doing this, and this is boring, and we're not boring, 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 boring. And we had to have a sit down to talk with them and say, guys, listen, what you're watching isn't real. We had a couple times here, um, uh, you don't mind hanging out with me for a moment. You're, you're kind of stuck. You can't go anywhere. You can't leave. No one's joking. Um, but we had, we made two videos during, um, during during the especially during the quarantine time we made one for Easter 
Mm-hmm. Only one for Mother's Day, Day, right? And so they were, we had, they, they, they turned out fine. I mean, we, you turned out with some good laughs and some good entertainment, but making them, the struggle was real, folks. Was making them, the struggle was, it was painful. I mean, there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of frustration. Ready, action. Hey! And then the camera's off and it's like, yeah. I mean, it was, it was touch and go. And we showed our kids that. And when we, it was a great opportunity for us, the kids. I'm getting somewhere for a second. Don't, don't turn me out. We're not just rambling. But it was a great opportunity because we were able to go back and show our kids and say, guys, look. If you watch this, what would you think? And they're like, oh, it looked like it would be so much fun. I mean, we were doing all kinds of fun stuff, and we built some props, and, you know, we did some other things. And the one we did with mom for the mom video, we we made these cardboard letters, and we did some fun things with that. And uh, it was a lot of work, a lot of, I mean, for one simple take, it took, like, all this setup just to do one small two-second part of the video. And I told them, and we, we sat down with them and said, guys, what... What are you? What, what would you get if you saw this? What would your impression be? You'd be like, man, this was fun. They had all kinds of... And we ask them, was it fun? Sure. But was was it all that you saw on film? They're like, no, Dad, it was stressful. I was crying. and I mean, it was, you know, being three kids, they were all jockeying for who was going to get the most screen time. And when someone seemed to be, they got the special part, and I didn't get the special part. And why did I get the special part? And we're having to talk someone off the ledge because they weren't the one got to hold the special sign. But all, all when they, when you saw the video, you didn't see all that. That's so much a reflection of life. I see the video of your life and I assume because I watched the video of your life, what your life's like, but I don't see the film being made. I don't see the dark when the camera's off the reality of it. Sunday morning, proverbial, obviously, I'm sitting right here talking to a camera. Sunday morning, the camera's on. And you can get an impression based off the camera being on. Wow, there's life, and this is life, and here's life, and life is so amazing. And and then you get depressed because my kids got the same way. They were so depressed with their life because, well, they get to do this, and they had this challenge, and they had the ice cream challenge, and they had the game challenge, and they had the you know spit on your head challenge, and we're so bored. But then when they saw the reality of how it's made and realized that's not real life. And I think we take the same mentality with God. We've got this idea that God's like this Hollywood production. That we that we look at, you know, I'll just use you for a second since you're sitting here. You shouldn't have sat here. You should be you'd be you might just want to exit I tried. Exit screen right. Um but you look at you, and I, I can I can get a I can get a snapshot of your life and assume, man. But nobody knows. I do because I'm her husband. But nobody knows the nights you cried yourself to sleep. Nobody knows the days that the devil said, "Give up, quit, go home. It's not worth it." Nobody knows how many times that voice sat on your shoulder and said, "Hey, you know, you're not loved. God doesn't care." There's Nobody knows all that. But if you only see the video portion, you don't realize that. And so the problem is we take that same, I don't know who I'm talking to today. We had no, I'm telling you, we had no intention of doing this. So if this is weird to you, it's weird to us, okay? We're, we're, we, this is just off. This is not a normal Sunday morning. Hello. 
So just walk with us for a moment. But I think we try to get God to make our life like the YouTube families. That we don't realize that we spend more time living life with the camera off than we do with the camera on. Sunday morning is the camera on moment, right? I can stand there with hands lifted up. God's so good. Your grace and mercy brought me through. Wow, man, this is great. God's awesome. But when the camera turns off proverbial in your life, and it's a, it's a, it's a Tuesday evening, and you're, you're about to go to bed, and you're just overwhelmed with life, and you're like, I mean... To be frank with you, let's just talk real for a second. You go to bed Tuesday hoping you don't get up for Wednesday. And when you wake up on Wednesday morning, your eyes pop open, you're not met with joy. You're met with sorrow and angst because <sighs> another day. That's the reality of life, right? That's Life's not the YouTube video. It's not like, you know, victories and happiness and smiles and giggles life is painful it's tears it's frustration it's moments of doubt moments of quitting and it's in those moments that my wife was talking about that's the moment in reality of god that's the moments where he's so real and i and there's a part of me that can't wait to get back together but there's a part of me that loves this because to me doing this like you said, it just strips. This is raw. I mean, I mean, to be frank with you, I'm sitting in my basement. I'm not even wearing shoes or socks, okay? I'm sitting here in bare feet. <laughs> I'm just going to let it know. I haven't worn shoes or socks in like five months, okay? But it's the reality of life. We, we debated this. Not debated it, but we prayed about it. Talking about it. You know, should we get, you know, how should we make, should we make it look like and in the end, we just felt the Lord tell us, we have a table and that thing behind us we've been staring at, like I said before, trying to get rid of that thing, put something else. But this is just the way it is. Because really, this is life. And what maybe God's trying to say, and he stopped all this for somebody today. Honestly, it's like a big screeching halt today. But he's stopped all of this to tell somebody today that he cares about your life. Not your Sunday morning experience, not because you come and you lift up your hands and you're all perfect and you've got your your Sunday best on and you you got your hair together and you look perfect on the outside and you got your hands raised and holiness and oh gracious God. No, he cares about you in the raw, in the broken, in the hurting, in the just in the muck, in the mire, in the junk of your life. He cares about getting down in them in the dirt with you. He's not standing there in this, you know, that's, I don't know why, I don't know, somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we, I, I keep saying this, but you got to get it, we had no intention, I have some notes today that I thought God was going to let me share, and we're not there right now, because God knows whoever is on here, and I, we're, I'm, Facebook's not turned on, I've got, no, we, got, we have a screen, but we see ourselves, literally it's an annoying thing. To make sure that the equipment's running correctly. I don't know who's on today. I don't know who you are. And the beauty about this 
is I don't know who's watching down the road. So whoever you are, I'm telling you, God is looking at you. He's not looking at you in this royal, religious, pristine mentality of, Hello, my royal subjects. God is looking at you in the beauty and the love of Jesus Christ that He wants to get down in your life. You say, God, but my life's nothing about broken pieces. He says, yes, let me get into the broken pieces. But God, my life is nothing but just mess. But let me be the God of the mess. It's like I see this image in my mind right now. It's like um, we have a picture, my nephew, uh, we were on a camping trip one time, and my nephew, Timothy, was probably, I don't know, five years old when he did play in the mud puddle. How old was he? Yeah. He was like a five years old. Actually, no. No, he was, he? he was younger than that. Okay, younger. Like two, or two or three, two or something three. like that. He was a smaller, he was small. And we were at this camping trip. It was actually a church camping trip. It was a lot of, a lot of us from the church were there. And it had rained, and there was this giant mud puddle. And being a boy... Doing what boys do, he gravitated towards the mud puddle. And his mom, instead of panicking and she just she let she just she just let him have it. Just you do it, son, you be you. And that little three or year old, however he was, he had the time of his life in that mud puddle. But when he was done, the only thing left was that wasn't covered in mud was probably his eyeballs. And I can see, like, I can see that image. Some of you are just in the mud of life. You just, it's just life is muddy. It's just, there's just so much junk you're covered with. And I don't see God standing on the edge of that puddle going, Oh, here, let me, let me help you out of here because I don't want to get my robes messed up. I almost see God just coming and sitting right down in that mud puddle with you and just say, Hey, let me sit down right here in the mud with you. Mud, dripping, just, I can see, that's the image I see right now. I literally, God's giving me that image for somebody today. I don't know who you are, but that's the image I see. I see Jesus Christ sitting right down in the mud right now with you. Just right in the big, nasty, yucky puddle of your life and just saying, okay, here I am. Here I am. But God, what about mud? I don't see the mud. I see you. But God, what about the dirt? I don't see the dirt. I see you. Does that mean God's okay with mud? God's okay with dirt? No. But he doesn't see the mud and the dirt. He sees you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did not see the sin, but yet he saw me. Stop trying to get out of the mud puddle to find Jesus. Find Jesus in the mud puddle. Woo! Telling somebody needs to hear what I'm saying today. Jesus is talking. We have no intention today to doing this again. But can I tell you, somebody, you're trying to get out of the mud puddle. But God is trying to get you to find Him in the mud puddle. Amen. You're trying to find God out of the brokenness. He's trying to let you find Him in the brokenness. You're trying to get God to put all the pieces of your life together so you can find Him. No, it doesn't work like that. God's trying to get you to find Him in the brokenness. God's trying to get you to find Him in the emptiness. God's trying to get you to find Him in the hurt. God's trying to get you to find Him in the bondage. That's where He's getting you to find Him. You're chasing something and trying to seek for something 
And he's like, if you would just seek for me where you are, you'll find me. Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there in that tree? I'm not trying to get you. God, if I think if the, if the, would have, if, if the story would have been fully told, I think Jesus was about to climb up in that tree. I know the Bible says he said, come down from there. But I think knowing Jesus, I think Jesus would have climbed up in that tree. Said, what you're doing here, Zacchaeus, you came looking for me, but you didn't realize I was already looking for you. Isn't it the powerful thing is that we really think we're looking for God, but the greatest revelation we find is that we realize God has been looking for me. And my wife said it earlier. The reality of this is that we're not talking about a Sunday morning kind of God. We're not talking about a pristine Sunday morning posh God. We're talking about a down and dirty in the muck and the mire kind of Tuesday afternoon God. I'm talking about a Wednesday Jesus. I'm talking about a Thursday Jesus. I'm talking about a Friday at the doctor's office, Jesus. I'm I'm talking about a pink slip, Jesus. I'm talking about a about a about a, a a Jesus when you've tried to overcome that habit, but yet you find yourself back in that same habit again, and you're beating yourself up again, going, "I'll never get past this." I'm talking about a Jesus that's in the in that moment with you. That's the kind of Jesus I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking about a Jesus not in the in the in the Hollywood romance, I'm talking about Jesus in the broken marriage. I'm talking about Jesus in the broken family. I'm not talking about the Jesus of the beauty and the and and the. I'm talking about the Jesus of the shame. I'm talking about the Jesus that is in the in the hurt and all that that walks with you in your abuse, that walks with you in all of your disappointments, that's walk with you when that person that you just that you cared about, that person that you gave your heart to, slapped you in the face, whether physically or. Or, or metaphorically, that has pummeled you and crushed your heart. I'm talking about the Jesus that's in that with you. Not the Jesus of the great cathedrals and the beauty and the pomp and circumstances. I'm talking about the down and dirty. The Jesus of the Gospels. The Jesus that got right up in the smelly, funky crowds. You know what? I wonder sometimes... and. I'm going to stop apologizing now. We're in it so far now. So there's no, I mean, we can't, there's no escape button anymore. <laughs> but I've often wondered if Jesus, if, if we took the same idea of Jesus now and took it back to the Gospels, we would have Jesus sitting in this sort of pristine temple on this great, I mean, like this I'm going to use a modern word, this bougie throne, right? Blinged out. I mean, think. yeah, right. And everybody hanging out in there on these beautiful white robes. And there'd be this like amazing choir of angels behind him like, Aah. and we'd walk into this throne room and it'd be like, and it would be like, you know, Jesus sitting on the throne and all these like, I mean, crystal chandeliers and gold plated and all these amazing things we'd walk into the throne room and there would be Jesus because that's Jesus I know that sounds silly but that's kind of how we made him out to be isn't it no we have it would be this sort of grand well it's almost like we've looked at God as detached 
where he's up on this throne and he kind of like held, holds out. And I don't know why I'm crying. I'm so sorry, you guys. But it's like he hands out his sepulcher of to deem us worthy of being able to just talk to him. And it's like we've got it so backwards. And I'll just share, I'll just share something personal because sometimes it helps to have, you know, to know that we, we walk the same roads you guys do. There's been a lot of wonderful huh, things that have happened during COVID and it just seems like after a while life just constantly hits and you get up and you're trying to walk a few steps and life just slams you down again and you are lucky enough or blessed enough to stand up again and life just slams you down again and I didn't have the best of weeks this week. I threw a big royal temper tantrum with God in my car alone, thankfully, that my family didn't get to hear. And I threw a royal temper tantrum. And I said, you know, God, I've tried to do this and I've tried to do that and I've tried to not do this. And I, you know, every time life slams me down, I stand up and say, you're faithful and you're good. And, and I get slammed down again. And, and it was just like the Lord just kind of listened and he let me get it out, and I don't, I'm not saying that's always the best approach, so don't go about that. Please do not. Um, do not try this at not, home. <laughs> he was not happy with me. Um, I knew he was not happy with how I handled my attitude, and I knew it. I knew I was wrong. And it was just the most amazing thing, though. I went a few hours, you know, beating myself up of how dare you do that. You know, look who you are. And you, you know, if anyone saw the way you acted, look at, you know, you should just quit now. All the thoughts that bombard, bombard our minds. And I did. I, I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to my heads and said, I quit. I'm done. I'm not the person. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I can't do everything right. I'm, I was born a failure. I'm going to always be a failure. And this is the balance I love about God. Is that I came downstairs and we had a little accident with, we love our birds out back. I know that means we're getting old. And there we had a little <laughs> bird accident that I think our windows might have been too clean. And it looked like the bird ran smack into our window. And I think it broke its neck and it had fallen down in um, our basement stairwell, stairwell outside. And I came downstairs and I was just, that day was just really bad. You know, I had lost it on God and you know I said horrible things and God's mad at me and I came downstairs I just was having just a horrible and my kids knew it and I said guys you know I'm very honest with my kids um and I said guys mommy's just having a bad day it's all me I gotta work through it Jesus is gonna help me but just having a bad day so just kind of ignore me and so I it was late at night it was probably close to 10 o'clock and I came downstairs and I went out to look because we hadn't removed the bird yet and so I just wanted to check on it and see if potentially maybe he had made it or maybe just knocked himself out no he was dead and so I looked out the window and God speaks to me in many different ways it's not always one way and I'm looking out the window and all of a sudden I see this image in my head of him sitting in a chair and he says are you ready to talk and my first thought was are you going to talk to me after the way I was? 
And it wasn't like I saw this God on this throne with the sepulcher deeming me worthy to talk to him. All it was was like a dad sitting across in a chair just saying, all right, are you really? What's going on? Sit down, talk to me. And I know for some of us, it's very hard for us to look at God in a father dimension because a lot of us didn't always have the best relationships with our dad. Some we never knew our dad. Some we knew and they were horrible. And so for us to think, I, you can't even fathom what a what a father is supposed to be like for those of us that didn't have one or had the worst that could imagine, wish we almost didn't ha- know our dad, as opposed to those, you know, that were blessed and had amazing dads. But what's amazing is he can show you, even through the human, the different relationships and different experiences, through all the hurt of those that we were surrounded with growing up and just living with, it's amazing the love and the compassion yeah. and the realness that he brings. I thought for certain God wouldn't want to deal with me, wouldn't want to talk to me. You know, I just blasted him. And guys, I did. I, I hate to admit that. You know, judge me. I had to repent. I did. I had to tell the Lord how very sorry and wrong I was. But at the end, he didn't he didn't just cast me aside and throw me away. Well, you're not good enough till you deem yourself worthy to come back. No. In the clear blue, just at late at night, of looking out a window to check on a dead bird, I just saw him sitting down like, you want to talk? And it's hard. It's hard sometimes to think, okay, can God really, is he really compassion? Is he really? Yes, he is. He's both. He is our God because we can't re- we can't remove the fact he is sovereign, the fact he's all. He is the creator. He he can do anything. But also in that same time, yeah. he can be that father we didn't know. He can be that father we never had. Amen. He can be that relationship that not all of us were blessed to be able to experience. And in that same time, I know it's hard for some of us to imagine, but trust me, if you can just take my word for it, because I've experienced it. I Yes, I had a father, but I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't always have the best relationship with him because I was a very stubborn, hard-headed teenager. I wasn't always easy to get along with. And so my father and I, we had a lot of struggles. It wasn't the perfect daddy-princess relationship that a lot of us have been blessed to have. It wasn't that. It was a lot of arguing and headbutting, and because I was I was a very challenging young lady. For those of you that don't know me, I can be. Ask my family. But God, through all of that, worked and continues to work even now. And my father is is past. He's long and gone. And there are days where I'm like, God, even if I had a natural father, I don't have one to go to. And that's where He says, I. Bring comfort. I am the father to the fatherless. I'm the mother to the motherless. I'm the friend to those who have no friends. I am whatever it is that you need or you lack. I'm here to tell you today mm. that is true. Amen. It's not Amen. theory. It's not fiction. Amen. It's true. Amen. Amen. And so there, there is both sides to him. He is that creator the all we can't lose the respect and the reverence which i did i lost my respect and just basically blasted but at the same time he didn't beat me to death 
He just stayed silent, waited for me to come to my senses and get my attitude right, which it needed, but then came back with a loving hand and compassion from a father to a daughter and said, listen, let's talk what's going on. And that's, I wasn't trying to take over again, but that's, that's the realness of God is we're not trying to bring today a facade of something that's not real. And, and I, I mean, no disrespect to, I'm not saying that if you have a word, I'm not saying any of that, just hear what I'm saying. And please don't hear what I'm not saying is sometimes God allows these moments where there it's just raw. There's really not a whole lot of fluff and stuff that we'd like. Like, honestly, I would love a keyboard and have all this extra music. And unfortunately, God's not allowing us to do that. He's not. I wish. Unfortunately, I think he's probably working on my pride because this is very humbling. But it's about him. And so, not to Mm. take over, but what we're saying is find him. him. Find him wherever you are. I don't care if you don't know him. You think he's just a made-up, and a lot of people say he's a crutch for those that are weak. You're right, because we're all weak. And for those of you, and this came to me, for those of you that are still determined, that for those that need God, just prove that they're too weak. Well, I'm sorry, that's why God's going to continue to allow boulder after boulder to come on top of you to basically, it grinds you to powder to where you have no choice but to say, oh God. Amen. And I say that not in criticism. I say that in experience because I wasn't the person in the scripture. It says you either fall on the rock and be broken or the rock is going to fall on you and grind you to powder. And sadly, I'm sitting here on the other side today after being ground to powder because I thought I, oh no, you know, I got to be strong. I got to be tough. And God's like, oh really? Let's try one more rock. Nope. I can still do it. God. All right. Let's try another one. Oh no, I'm still holding it. And God's going to literally keep piling boulders on top of you until you either be willing to break or he's going to grind you to powder to, for you to realize that you need him. A lot of you carrying a lot of rocks today. There's a lot of rock carrying going on right now. That's a true statement. I thought, no, keep going. That's good. No, just keep going. There's a lot of rock carrying going on. Like I said, I mean, no criticism. I was that person. Mm -hmm. I was that person, not that I didn't need God, but I thought, okay, there's a level. I'm a human being. I got to, I got to handle this. I got to be tough. I got to be strong. No. Or a lot of times we are like, you know, I can't, I'm not that weak. I got this. Come on. I mean, like, this is not a big deal. I should be able, like, you know, so-and-so made it through and this person made it through. What's wrong with you? You know, that kind of thing where you, you know, you, mo- you know, self-deprecation motivation. <laughs> something thing, you know, like, you motivate through so like beating yourself up. As God just says, okay, well, we'll keep playing this game as long as you want to. Rock, 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 boulder, rock, rock, pebble, boulder, rock, blah, blah, blah. And but he does it out of love and compassion. Yeah. He does. He allows those things for us to realize. And i got to say, I know so many of us think, well, if I give my life to God or if I really let him have control over my choices, you know, it's going to be boring and horrible. And I've put that to the test. I've put it to the test and I have to say, do I always like his choices? No, I'm not going to sit here today and lie. No, I don't. But when I've seen the fruit that comes from him running my life versus me running my life, wow, there Mm -hmm. is true freedom. Amen. There's freedom from pressure. There's freedom from stress. There's freedom from anxiety. There's freedom from frustration, fear. There's freedom. 
You don't have to worry. Even when things go wrong. Like we have so many things right now that are going wrong. And yes, when I try to take control back over, fear, doubt, worry, stress, all of these things. But when I give it back to him and say, God, I can't do a thing about it, but I'm just giving it to you. It all goes away. I don't, I'm not dealing with the fear every moment. I'm not dealing with the frustration of why isn't this fixed? Why haven't you fixed this? Lord, why is this not done? Why did you allow it? It honestly melts away. But yes, we do have to give up control. And that's the hardest thing for us humans because it's all about, you know, whatever makes sense in our brain. Well, if it makes sense in our brain, it's got to make sense with what he's, you know, it's got to, no, if anything, this is never going to make sense with what God tells us. Never, never. That's why we got to walk in faith. We got to walk in trust. But the fruit that comes from those, try it. Don't, don't, don't just assume, try it for yourself. And worst case, like I, I thought, you know, I'm going to try this so I can just, I can tell everyone it doesn't work. Slight problem. It works. It works. And yeah, you might have to give that to God 50 times a day. That bill that's due, you don't have the money. God, I give you this bill. God, I give you this bill. Lord, forgive me for, and sometimes we put our own self into debt. Mm. God's worked on us with that of unnecessary debt just because we want it when we want it. And so here comes the bill due of multiple thousands of dollars. And we're like, "Mm, oh, you know, God, provide provide this money so that I can pay this. And God's like, did you even ask me if you were to buy that? Do you entrust your finances to me? Do you entrust your life to me? And so we have to, and I say this because I've... We've been through it where we've bought stuff and God's like, you're in this debt because of your choices. You didn't ask me. You didn't ask me. And so this is, this all goes, but I'm not trying to talk about finances. This all goes back to he running our lives. He letting us know what is his will and what's not his will and the timing. How many of us went out and purchased a bunch of stuff and then COVID happened? Some lost jobs and you got to go and you're like, I have all this to pay for and I, I don't have a job. Well, it would have been a little less stressful had you not purchased all this or sought God over it because he knew you were going to lose your job. He knows. He knows our tomorrow. We don't know what holds tomorrow. We don't know. But if we walk in alignment with him, and yes, it's giving up control. It's not easy. It's not. But it's a choice. But I got to say, after having tried it, and I and don't take me wrong, I'm not fully one God just run, No, I, there's still a lot of Kate left. Oof. And I pray every day he continues to work on her. But it works. Living mm-hmm. with him is freedom, Amen. is a life of peace and real yeah. joy. You can have joy in the midst of suffering. Amen. You can have joy in the midst of covid Wearing masks, being told where you can go and where you can. And, and humans don't like that. We don't want to be told what to do. But I'm telling you, it all of this works. Amen. Give it a try. Amen. Sorry, didn't want to good. take over. Well, we won't be doing right at home tonight. We've just done it this morning. No, I'm just joking. We'll be back tonight, 730. But I think it's, uh, I think before we go here today, um, 
I'd like to pray. We'd like to pray with you. Um, whoever you are, if you would join with us in prayer. And here's what I'd like to pray is that God would reveal that you, that God would reveal himself to you. And I say that not that he's withholding his revelation. And he's sitting back there going, hmm, well, should I, should, well, I don't. No, it said that God would reveal himself to you because you're hungry to see him and find him. Not because he's somehow withholding, you know, uh, you know, God's, you know, we often think God's up there debating going, you know, I don't know. I'm very tired today. It's Sunday. It's a lot of people around the world that need me today. I don't know if I have time today to get to all of it. Um, I don't know. If they pray a little harder, ooh, that guy's praying really. That guy over there, he's really praying hard. I better get down there to him. Oh, boy, that lady's really got some tears going. I better, hey, Gabe, uh, Mike, let's go down there and help her because she's really hurting. Uh, yeah, but they're not really, they're not quite there yet. I need to leave them in the oven a little longer, let them cook some more. I don't believe God's like that. But I don't believe God is going to reveal himself to someone who's not truly seeking and hungry to know him. But I know in my own life there were times I thought I was seeking, but I realized I wasn't seeking him. I was seeking for what he could do. As, they, as someone recently said the other day, I was seeking his hand, but I wasn't seeking his face. I could, was seeking for what he would do for, for me, but I wasn't seeking who he was. And I want you today to seek his face, not his hands. Not seek God for what he can do, but seek God for who he is. Because when you find who he is, you get what he can do. But you can get what he does and miss who he is. And in the end, the Bible says, those who know him are the ones who are going to be saved. Not the ones that have been healed or touched or know what God can do. It's the ones that know who God is. And so I want to pray with you. My wife and I are going to pray with you today that God will reveal himself to you because you seek his face, not his hands. You seek who he is, not what he can do. You seek him to know him. Not that he can make your life perfect and make your world go, you know, all your troubles go away, but you can seek to know him for who he is. Father, you have taken over today. I pray you take over every Sunday, but specifically today, you have taken over. And I know that you have done this because there's someone on here this morning that is needing to hear what's been said. Not because it's words that come from a person, but it's because there are words that are coming from you that you want them to hear. And you've used my wife and I this morning to speak those words, not because we are worthy, but simply because we're vessels. And I pray today, Father, that as these words have been spoken, that they have not heard our words, but they've heard your words speaking to them. But Lord, I pray right now, I loose a spirit of hunger to be released and, and to, be, to be sown in every heart that is watching today. I speak hunger to know you. God, not to know what you can do, but to know who you are. Not to seek your hands, but to seek your face. I pray, God, right now that you would reveal yourself to each and every one of us in a way we've never seen you before. Show us who you are. Show us who you are. Show us who you are. We want to know you. 
We want to know you in the middle of our mud puddle. We want to know you in the middle of our brokenness. We want to know you in the middle of our tincture tantrum and our frustration and our, and our moments of weakness. That's when we really want to know you and find you. We don't want to see you in the pristine of our religious ideology. We don't want to see you in the perfective parts of our holiness, but we want to see you in the broken, in the chains of bondage, in the hurting, in the wounds, and the regrets. And in all the things that we're dealing with today, in broken relationships, broken dreams, broken hopes, broken lives, God, help us to see you and find you in the broken places today. Reveal yourself to us. Don't just show us the Sunday morning version of you, but God, I want to find the Monday version of you, the Tuesday version of you. I don't want to see the Easter version of you, God. I want to find the July 19th, 2020, in the middle of summer version of you. Not just the Easter Sunday or the Christmas Jesus or the or the high holidays Jesus. I want to find you on the July, tw- July 19th Jesus, right in the middle of the summer, right in the middle of all the things that are happening around us, right in the middle of all the stuff that we're having to deal with, I want to see and find you here. Reveal yourself to us. As we search for you, we find, God, that you're really searching for us. Give us the grace today to recognize today, God, that we're not really seeking for you. We're just recognizing all along that you're seeking for us because you said you came to seek and save. And Lord, give us the revelation today that we're not looking for you. We just need to realize that you're looking for us. And that we just need to give up and let you find us where we are. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name. Love you. Uh, This has been different. Only you and I know, Kate, how wild this ride has been for the last hour. So the people will just have to believe us when we say this. This was not pre-planned. In fact, like two minutes before we came on, she's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And so God knew. Uh, I love it when Jesus takes over. It really takes the pressure off because he's in control. And there was nothing pre-planned today. There was nothing written out. It was all scripted by him. Because I know, again, he knew exactly who was going to be on here today. But more importantly, he doesn't just see who's on here. He knows exactly where you are. And I know, I don't, I don't believe, I know something that was said here today spoke directly to you. And if you would take that, mix it with faith. Faith kind of like the yeast, right? You put yeast in, don't you put yeast? <laughs> yeah, and he's, I'm so, I'm not a cook. But it's like, if you don't put yeast in the dough, the dough stays flat. Correct. They say, yeah, so, I've never officially made bread myself. Well, I'm not a, you know, maybe one day I'll try. But it makes it rise. So faith mixed with the word is what makes the word rise come to life in our hearts. So you can say, well, that was all good today. That was great. Now, hey, let's go sit in the air condition today. Let's go off and do. But no, I'm praying in Jesus' name we would mix it with faith today and watch what God will do in your life. God bless you. Hopefully come out. Hang with us tonight, seven thirty. We'll be back again. I mean, we're back here every day now, but it'll be. We'll have some. Uh, we'll, we'll have some fun tonight. Enjoy. Love you very, very much. We miss all of you. God bless you. Uh, but let's go walk in the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. God bless you.